Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. It is a pleasure to be in your company this Sunday morning with Ray Lance and USA Wealth Group. This is the first Sunday of the new year, and it really is such a delight to be with you, Ray. Happy New Year, Phil. Happy, Happy New, new year, year, ladies and gentlemen. And it is a pleasure to be here, Phil, as it is uh, every Sunday morning with our listening audience. You bet. Thank you, folks. Welcome to a new year, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to new ideas, new goals, new plans, new enthusiasm. This is the time of year when everybody wants to lose weight and join a gym. <laughs> and I think the average gym membership lasts for about two months. And then people Why quickly, so long? Well, people give up on it. And then there's the Super Bowl game and everything else coming along when there's lots of attractive <laughs> things to eat. But uh, today we're going to be talking about setting some financial goals for the new year. Good. And it's a very important thing. It's a good time to take stock. I don't know about you, Phil. Do you set New Year's resolutions? Well, no. No, okay, (laughs) frankly. Well, that's okay. Do you think about them once in a while? Think about something you might want to change in the new year? Of course. We all do. We all have great intentions, don't we? Yes. And, uh, but I like to say that if you don't take the time to write something down, then it's not really going to be a goal. It's just going to be a wish, and it's less likely to happen. But today we're going to talk about some very specific things that we can do. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the most important that I've always talked about is knowing what your plan is, and that starts with a budget. If you don't have a budget, uh, forget about it. You're not going to go anywhere. I'd like to give you a couple of quotations this morning. One is from a gentleman named B.C. Forbes. He was the founder of Forbes magazine. Mm-hmm. And he wrote, how foolish you would be to start on a journey without knowing where you wanted to go. Have you ever sat down and seriously drawn up a plan for your life? Have you ever deliberately mapped out where you want to go during your life's journey? Now, isn't your life infinitely more important to you than any other journey you may take? Why, therefore, not devote the most earnest effort to plan your life? To set yourself a goal. We are now at the new year season. Isn't this a particularly appropriate time to look ahead, to indulge in solemn thinking, to formulate life plans, and to lay down a definite course to follow? That's a bit of a verbal, uh, verbose quotation, obviously. One of the things I've told people many times in my office and sometimes at seminars is that people will spend more time planning for taking a vacation <laughs> then they will be thinking about their budget or their finances or or what's important to them in life. Because that's fun. Of course it is. It's, it's a lot of fun. And uh, going to a gym is not particularly fun either. And Henry Kissinger once wrote, if you don't know where you're going, every road will get you nowhere. Beautiful. And that's absolutely true, isn't it? Yes, very much. And everybody from Abraham Lincoln to the ancient Greek philosophers had wonderful things to say about planning. So we're going to be talking about some specific ideas today of things that you can do to improve your financial life. Mm -hmm. You know, at USA Wealth Group, our goal is to make your finances better for you, whether it's for you, for your spouse, for your children, whether you want to leave an inheritance to your family, whether you want to just improve your circumstances. Do you want to buy a house instead of renting? There are many, many reasons. And you have to be very persistent about your goals. It's not enough just to write down goals. You have to say, I'm going to look at my goals every single day. And if you do that often enough, it's amazing what you can achieve. Sure. 
Did you ever hear of a gentleman in England, for example, called Sir Winston Churchill? Mm, I think so. Once or twice. Well, he wrote something that was uh, very interesting, and it goes as follows. Never give in, never give in, never, 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 never. In nothing, great or small, large or petty, never give in except to convictions of honor and good sense. It was from one of his speeches. Very famous. Of course, he was a gentleman who never did give in, and he led his nation during a very difficult crisis and so forth. And um, one more thing I'm going to say about persistence. I know this sounds a little bit like it's a lecture, but it is kind of a lecture in a way, because I'm going to talk to you today and this morning about finances. One of the other important things that uh, uh, was attributed to Calvin Coolidge, who was a former president, nothing in the world can take the place of persistence. Talent will not. Nothing is more common than unsuccessful men with talent. Genius will not. Unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Education will not. The world is full of educated derelicts. (laughs) Persistence and determination are omnipotent. The slogan, press on, has solved and always will solve the problems of the human race. So our message this morning is real simple. Have a goal. Uh, set a financial plan for yourself, stick to it, and be very persistent about it. So let's go into some very general goals, first of all, and then we're going to talk about some specifics as they apply to finances. So here's some ideas for setting goals in the new year. Number one, become a better time manager. Um, I know I waste time. I try not to, but we can't help it. Mm-hmm. It's human nature, and we can't program every single thing we do, but time is the most valuable asset that you have. Mm-hmm. And you really have to spend it wisely. So keep track of your time. Uh, Keep a weekly list, for example, of some things that might distract you. Uh, Two, uh, manage your debt. Managing debt and paying off debt is such a critical thing. Mm -hmm. I know that's a goal of mine every year. I try to pay my credit card balances down uh, as quickly as I can to save interest. And um, I know people in my family that have made significant progress in doing that this year. So pay down your debt, very important goal. Number three, go back to school. I can't begin to tell you how many people I know that are still going to school, sometimes in their 50s and even in their 60s. I have a gentleman right now who's, I think, 59 years old. He just got laid off from a company. And he's taking advantage of a state program through the unemployment division, which has given him $4,000 towards advanced training. So if you have been laid off, for example, look into training programs where you can improve your school, uh, your schooling, your credentials. Um, There's people in my family that have completed their college education except for two or three courses. Mm -hmm. You know, I had a a lady once, uh, a very good friend, and she completed all of her requirements for a degree at UMass Dartmouth except for one course. What's that? One course. I mean, she just failed to take one last course. And there was something in her psyche that didn't allow her to complete for some reason. And I used to suggest to her, why don't you just take that last course and get your degree? Well, she finally did, and then she went on to get a master's degree as well. (laughs) There you go. So go back to school. uh, Make some plans. Uh, Make an effort if you're working and you have coworkers. Make a strong effort to get along even better with your coworkers. 
be more mindful is another goal, our goal number five. Um, if you're thinking about what you have to do next, you know, have it in the front of your mind. Don't just do things on automatic pilot, but think about what you're doing every single day. It's a very popular term today to be mindful. Right. Yes. And it might mean you take a course on meditation or something of that nature. Um, the next thing I want to mention, I think, is one of the most important, and we all fail at it in some fashion or another, that's be a better listener. Whether you're listening on the radio, whether you're listening to somebody who's talking to you, whether you're listening to a spouse or your mother or a parent, how often are we on automatic pilot when it comes to listening to somebody? And we all do it. We're all guilty of it. You go into a room full of people and you're talking to one person, and then all of a sudden you're looking over the shoulder of the person to see who's behind them because there's somebody else that you need to speak with. Well, be present with the person that you're with and be mindful about what you're doing. Uh, this is an easy one. Quit smoking. Mm. Smoking is a very difficult addiction, but um, it wastes money. It's, it's proven, obviously, that it does impact your health. Log in some volunteer hours. Uh, I know, Phil, you do a great deal of work uh, as a volunteer. And um, you volunteer at many events as an MC, as a host. You've done Christmas programs and year-end programs. And you put a lot of time in as a volunteer. And every hour that you can spend in helping somebody else and volunteering uh, will not only improve your life, but it will improve somebody else's life. I belong to a number of organizations myself, yes, and it's fun. Does it take time? Yes, and you have to be a little careful about how you use your time. Right. But uh, put in some volunteer hours. It makes a difference in somebody else's life. It will help somebody else build self-confidence. Be a mentor to somebody. Now, that's not on my list, but it's something that I try to do occasionally. It's important. Reconnect with estranged friends or family. Nice. If you've got family members that you haven't seen for a while, maybe somebody you didn't see over the holiday, well, take the time to send them a note, give them a call, go visit. Um, I actually skipped my Christmas Eve church service this year, um, just the, the past week or so. Um, my wife actually went and sang in the choir, and I didn't go to listen to her because what I did is I went to a nursing home and I visited an old friend that I hadn't seen for a while. Beautiful. And I thought, it's more important for me to do that and to say hello to somebody and do that than it was for me to go to the church service that night and sing songs. Sure, they appreciate it. So there's always something you can do to improve somebody else's life. Some of the uh, other recommendations are fairly easy. Uh, eat better, try new foods. Um, none of us eat the way we ought to eat. It's almost impossible. But, um, you know, make a concerted effort this year to really think about everything that you're putting in your mouth because we are what we eat. Get enough sleep. Do you get enough sleep, Phil? No. I don't either. <laughs> And especially now I know that you get up uh, very early in the morning, don't you? Mm, very. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, television is a distraction at night. Oh, sure. There's not much on that's really worth watching. So just uh, getting yourself to try and sleep once yeah, you're in bed. Just uh, get some more sleep, get, get uh, some time for exercise. And we started out by saying that 
this is the time of year when everybody wants to join a gym because everybody has a new goal that this year I'm finally going to do it. I'm going to get in shape. I'm going yeah. to get more exercise. Right. Well, make it a very important goal and do it. Yes. Um, take a trip. Go somewhere. Whether it's a trip to Greece or whether mm. it's a, a trip, you know, for a weekend someplace, sure. whether it's a day trip to drive down to Cape Cod and, and back or whatever it happens to be, take a trip. You Just bet. the pleasure of going out and going someplace is important. And then lastly on this list, and this has nothing to do with finances, is be kind to yourself. Um, we're all human. We're all going to make mistakes. We're not going to live up to all of our goals so be a little easy on yourself when you're going through this. You know, um, there are many, many things we can talk about for finances. I'd like to actually get started on that list. Mm -hmm. um, I think most people feel fairly comfortable about what happened the past year financially. Most people felt a little sense of accomplishment and improvement. Not everybody. And we still have a difficult economy, but I think the psychology now is that things are starting to improve. Yes. So let's talk about some ideas for um, making time to improve. And I would like to tell you some information from a couple of articles that I read recently. Uh, financial resolutions uh, for 2015. So let's move away from general resolutions and talk about financial resolutions. Uh, first thing is to get organized. Um, this has always been one of my goals. As hard as I try to get organized and as many things as are organized in my life, it's really hard. Uh, I do to-do lists. I've tried various kinds of software. I even talked about it recently at a staff meeting in the office. How can we get more organized? How can we be more systematized in what we do? But uh, today we at least have the benefit of having uh, apps, if you have a smartphone sure. or if you use an iPhone or an iPad or a Galaxy or whatever it happens to be, uh, you can always find apps for getting organized. And um, also in that particular area, make sure you're doing something to get rid of any frivolous spending. We've all seen stories about the fact that if you simply cut out a cup of coffee every mm -hmm. day that you buy, and figure out how much money that's going to save you. Um, that will put money aside for you. But there have been some fairly recent studies uh, done by uh, Fidelity and some other companies. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to uh, mention them and uh, talk about why we make resolutions and how likely are we to be able to continue resolutions. Right now it's estimated that something like only 54% of the population even makes a resolution. And sets goals at the beginning of the year. Sounds right. And then of the people that do, uh, within 60 days, only 1 in 10 is still sticking with that resolution. So does that mean we should not make resolutions? No, I don't think that's the case at all. But I think that what we need to do is to be more realistic when we set goals and when we set resolutions. And so let's, let's do it in the context of setting goals. Um, think of the word SMART, S-M-A-R-T. When you set goals, you want the goals to be SMART. And what that means is, number one, they have to be specific. Mm -hmm. You can't just say, I want to lose weight this year. What you have to say is, I want to lose 15 pounds in the next 60 days. Right. So you have to be very specific about a goal. Mm -hmm. If you want to save money, say, 
don't say, I want to save more money this year. Say, I want to save $25 every single week and put it aside. That's a specific goal. Number two in SMART is the letter M. It has to be something that's measurable. So obviously, again, if you're losing weight and you want to lose weight, you need to have a scale so you can measure your progress and track your progress. If you're going to save money, uh, you want to know how much per week, how much per month, and what, what are you going to have at the end of the year. Maybe you do a, a direct deposit or an automatic transfer right. from your uh, company uh, paycheck into an account. That's an easier way to save. And our rule in that, obviously, is pay yourself first. Uh, you've heard that many, many times. But if you want to figure out how much money you need to save for a particular purpose, there's many, many, many online calculators you can use. So a goal must be specific, it must be measurable, and then A in SMART is attainable and action-oriented. You know, it's okay to have dreams, but you can't just have dreams, you have to have a plan. And goals somehow need to push you a little bit. It's not gonna be something that's very simple and very easy, or it's not gonna be a worthwhile goal for you. So. Um, it has to be doable. It has to be attainable. And if you have to create a series of sub-steps to do that, then do that. The R in SMART is for realistic. You have to have realistic goals. If you don't set a realistic goal in the first place, it's going to be meaningless because you're simply not going to do it. You're not going to achieve it. If you said, I want to double my income this year, mm -hmm. well, first of all, that's too general and it's not specific. And secondly, it might not be realistic. But if you said, I want my income to be 10% higher this year than it was last year, then that's something that's more realistic and you can figure out, okay, how am I going to achieve that? Or if you want to increase your savings, you might want to say, um, I still need to have some spending money and I still need to have some money for enjoyment and recreation so I can't take every last dollar I have and put it into savings. You don't want to have a plan that's going to, you know, basically put you in a straitjacket, for example. You might need to take some baby steps. If you think you're going to have a hard time putting aside money and saving money, start out with a smaller goal at first. Put aside $20 a week or $25 a week. And the T in SMART, S-M-A-R-T, is timely. You have to have a realistic time frame for your goal. So if you want to set a goal, think of the word SMART. It needs to be specific. It needs to be measurable. It needs to be achievable or attainable. It needs to be realistic. And you have to have a time frame for your goal. You can't say, I'm going to lose 10 pounds this week. That's not realistic. It's not attainable. What you want to say instead is, in the next 30 days, I'm going to lose 10 pounds or whatever the right. schedule happens to be. So think of the word smart when you set up goals for yourself and set up resolutions. Let me tell you some of the things that Fidelity has said. And Fidelity, of course, is a big company in Boston. They did an interesting study called a 2015 New Year Financial Resolution Study. And the first key finding they discussed was that Fewer and fewer Americans are even making financial resolutions. And there's a number of reasons for that. People are feeling a little bit better about themselves. When they do, they lose sight of the fact that they still need to have goals and plans mm -hmm. and resolutions. But uh, the number of people who have 
responded to this particular study uh, is much lower in the past. I think we're all involved in a situation where there's too much information today. But um, people who are planning to save more money, for example, uh, the average or actually the median amount of what people anticipate saving is about $200 a month or $200 really? a month more. So if you think about that, that's $2,400 a year. And that's roughly $50 a week. Now, some people can afford to set aside $50 a week for savings. Many cannot. Right. But put aside something. Pay well, yourself first. Depending what you drive, you may be able to put aside the money you're saving on gasoline right now. Sure. And use that as a savings. That's important. And, you know, that's, that's an interesting topic, too, the fact that the gasoline prices are coming down so drastically. Wow. <laughs> um, I just paid $2.24, for example. Yes. and um, It's supposed to go down more, Ray. Oh, I think it will. And it's having an interesting effect on the world economy as well as the U.S. economy. Wow. Um, in what way? Well, for example, in this country, because we're essentially energy self-sufficient right now in right. this country, and because the oil prices have gone down so drastically, they're now having layoffs even in this country in the oil production oh, business. Sure. They don't need as many new uh, oil wells being drilled or new fracking devices and so forth. Right. So although it wasn't initially a real huge growth area, all of a sudden that's gone backwards because we've produced so much oil now in our own country. And, of course, it's had a tremendously negative impact around the world. Russia, Saudi Arabia, oh, Russia, big Nigeria, sure. uh, Venezuela, all the big oil-producing countries, uh, their economies are now uh, having difficulty. You bet. Yeah. But anyway, fewer Americans are making resolutions these days, and um, it's unfortunate because those people who do make resolutions are going to end up saving more and doing better. You know, I want to remind you, we're going to talk again uh, in the next half hour about some very specific things that every one of us can do to improve our own financial lives. And a lot of the things that we talk about on the air are included in reports that we can provide to you. If you give our office a call at USA Wealth Group, 508-998-8858, we're more than happy to give you full access to the materials that we have, and mm -hmm. we're delighted to do so. Our mission is really very simple. We want to show you how to protect your family, and we want to show you how to protect your money. And I think it's an exciting time to be living in this country. Despite the problems we have, there's so many things that you can do to improve your financial life. You bet. And that's what we want to help you do. So stay tuned. We'll be right back, and we're going to talk about some specific ideas for how to improve your finances in this coming new year. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you so very much for tuning in to USA Wealth Group's Money Wise radio show with Ray Lance. You know, the first half we were talking about wonderful ways to save money, Ray, and my mind kept going back to the, you know, the fairy tale story of the three little pigs. And if we could do an adaptation at USA Wealth Group of the three little pigs and the one that really made out well had a plan. Yes, and he built a brick house. And <laughs> then when, right. the, when the big bad wolf, you know, that's what you remind me of sometimes, Phil. <laughs> when the big bad wolf came huffing and puffing, he couldn't blow that house down. <laughs> I 
wonder how many kids uh, today have even heard these stories. Oh, they have. <laughs> you oh, think sure. so? Oh, sure. Well, I, I don't remember if my grandchildren have heard that story. I'll have to tell them that sometimes. Uh-huh. You know, what I've done, one of the things I've done with my grandchildren over the years is um, I've made up stories and invented stories. And they were with me um, last weekend. Yeah. And they're they're getting older now. They're, they're 11 and 8 years old. Sure. And the younger one came running and said, Papa, can you come in and tell us one of those stories again? <laughs> so they remember. Isn't it funny? And they love it. Oh, yes, they do. Our little Gregory is always asking, Papu, can you tell me the story <laughs> of, you know? <laughs> That's great fun. Sure it is. One of my stories in- involves uh, the cow that gives chocolate-flavored milk and strawberry-flavored milk, and why does he do that? But that's a story for another day. Okay. <laughs> and uh, actually, that's a private family story anyway. But we have a lot of fun. Yes. Well, you know, um, the most important thing is that uh, everybody thinks they don't have time today. And you have to take a little bit of time to set some financial goals. If you can do that, it's going to be one of the most rewarding things that you'll do this year. You know, find a quiet place for an hour and just sit down and say, this is really what I'd like to accomplish this year. I want to put more money aside for retirement. I want to pay off my mortgage faster. You know, I want to make double payments or whatever it happens to be. Uh, but take the time. You will never find time for anything. If you want time, you must make it. That was a gentleman named Charles Bixton who said that. And then even Thomas Edison said, there is time for everything. Hmm. Very short, very succinct. And he's a man who is um, a genius and productive. And one of the things I talked about earlier in the hour was persistence. Right. There is no finer example in this country of somebody who was very persistent than Thomas Edison. And when he finally invented a working light bulb over 100 years ago, Somebody said, well, how does it feel that you have failed 2,000 times? Mm -hmm. And he said, I didn't fail 2,000 times. I just tried 2,000 times to get it right. Isn't that interesting? And make it better. So don't ever give up. And he invented that incandescent uh, light bulb ray on the last day of the year that we just celebrated just a few days ago. I didn't know that. (laughs) Gee, Phil. I thought you were going to tell me a story about Alexander the Great, who was uh, trying to find a way to conquer an army, and he was having difficulty. Remember that story? And he was in a cave, yeah, and no, he familiar. saw a spider coming down on the top of the cave yeah. and trying to make its web, and it failed six times. And on the seventh time, the spider was finally able to connect and build the web. And that gave inspiration to Alexander the Great. And then he went off to be successful in the next battle. So anyways, we can all take lessons from people like Alexander the Great and Thomas Edison. Mm -hmm. But do remember that uh, time doesn't wait for anybody. So you have to find the time and make the time. And um, the sundial that I had once said, it is later than you think. So take a little time to do some planning. Uh, Very, very important to do. So let me come back and talk about some very specific ideas. And I've read a number of articles in preparing for this show, and one of them says, 
If you only set one particular money goal this year, the most important money goal that you can have is to write everything down. Keep a record of everything that you're spending money on. Track mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I've had people come in my office and they keep a little notebook and they literally record every single thing they spend every single day. Mm-hmm. If it's uh, buying a Coke out of a Coke machine, a um, mm-hmm. soda machine, they'll, they'll record that. And it's impressive when I see people that have taken the time to do that. Yeah. It's, it's the most important rule that I can leave you with today. Write everything down. And it goes hand in hand with what I talk about a lot, which is have a budget. Uh, truly about 5% of the people I see in my office have uh, done a budget. 95% of the people I see have never done a budget. Money comes in, money goes out, you spend it, you don't think about it. If you only take the time to write it down and write a budget and think about where your money is going, it does something to your brain. Automatically you start realizing where you're spending money. Uh, Sometimes people will estimate, but... If you actually write it down, you're going to be truly shocked by what you're spending your money on. And once you've done that, once you start writing it down, then you can see where some of your money has been just dribbling out frivolously, Mm -hmm. and you can now get serious about putting some money aside for savings. And um, again, we have some budget sheets. We're happy to provide that. There's a lot of good material that's out there. You can get budgets online, or we can provide it. Give us a call at 508-998-8858. We'll send that to you. Let me come back to this uh, Fidelity study that I found fairly interesting. Even though fewer people are making financial resolutions, uh, more Americans are increasingly feeling better about their finances. And I think we're going to see that reflected in an uptick in the economy. Mm-hmm. We're seeing it already. Uh, we've seen some people, for example, who have done indexed annuities with us and they're now getting their reports trickling in and I'm seeing 18, 19, 20, 21% returns that people have made with no risk on the downside. If you want more information about that, give me a call and uh, we'll be happy to show you how you could take advantage of something like that. But uh, more Americans are feeling uh, better, more optimistic. Um, We've been in a bit of an economic funk in this country for a number of years, um, actually five or six years now we have been, since really about 2008. And um, with that, people start to think about their own financial conditions. So one warning I want to give you is that if you do make resolutions, it will probably improve your financial conditions. So... Uh, Most people who have responded to this Fidelity study said when they make a resolution at the start of last year, um, of those who made resolutions, at least half of them are now feeling that they're much better off financially. Very good. Again, if you take the time to write it and track it and plan, uh, it will improve your financial life. Mm -hmm. And the most important motivator in finances is yourself. But, you know, that brings up a very interesting thought that I just had, Phil. I think that what I'm going to do this year, one of my financial goals is when I meet with people, I'm going to devise a method where I'm going to really put a little pressure upon them to create their financial plan. And then I'm going to say, I want you to share your financial plan with me on a monthly basis. How interesting. And 
maybe if people have somebody that they're going to be accountable to, I can say, well, great, you know, you've met your goals this month or you, you didn't meet your goals this month and this is for this reason. What could we do to help you to stay on target with your goals? So what you're saying is if you ask me to make a budget, I probably won't. But if you insist on making the budget with me, then not only am I going to prosper, but I'm also going to think of Ray Lance as, wow, what a great financial mentor. Somebody who can help look over your shoulder. That's a great idea. I'm going to do that this year. I think that's wonderful. Here's an example of how we work in the office right now. Somebody comes in, we give them a budget form when they come in, Mm -hmm. and then they fill it out, and I say, do it in pencil, so you have to make changes, you can erase it. Then they bring it in, and it's scratched out here, and it's erased (laughs) there, and so forth. You know what we do with it then? What? We take it and we input it into the computer form in our office, and they get back now a nice, neatly uh, typed out and printed out budget. Mm -hmm. And it looks more efficient. And then I invite them to take it and say, now, this may not be entirely accurate, but now that you have this in the typewritten form, in the computer-generated form, go home and see if there's any other changes that you think you might need to make. But now it becomes more like an official document because it's neatly typed out. And it doesn't like take that. a lot of time in our office to yeah. do that. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking that what I want to do instead of just doing that is we're going to find a way to say um, track it now on a monthly basis and send it back into the office, email it in, drop it off, fax it, whatever. And we'll help you further track. We'll help you figure out where you can put a little bit more money aside. For savings, for retirement. Mm-hmm. You know, in the in the uh, not-too-distant past, the banks used to have vacation club accounts, Christmas club accounts. I know some sure. banks still have Christmas club accounts. Mm-hmm. That was a very important, yes. efficient way to sure. make people save money. $20 a week, yeah. Yep. And by the time you got to the end of the year, you had enough money there for your Christmas presents That's that you right. wanted to buy. Uh, so anyway, I've just given myself a great idea. <laughs> But you, in general, uh, whoever's listening, you're the most important motivator yourself. That's right. So what I'm suggesting is we're going to find a way to help you further stay motivated. So let's talk about some specific things we can do. One, obviously, is put it down in writing, have a plan. Number two, have an emergency fund. Uh, You've heard Susie Orman and some other people talking about always have an emergency fund. Well, we see people all the time that have an emergency And the people who can survive the emergency are the people that that do have an emergency fund. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they'll say, well, you need six months worth of living expenses. That's not realistic for a lot of people, you know, especially in our area here. A lot of people live from week to week. But even if it's a small amount, whatever you can have for an emergency fund, and it goes along with pay yourself first. If you have this emergency fund, first of all, if you get into trouble, you've got something that you can reach into. So save enough to get through uh, three to six months of unemployment, ideally, but whatever you can put aside. Number two is when you're looking at your finances, um, you have to remember that most people are really emotional about their money. Um, when people start to think about money, you know, you typically get a little bit wobbly, and um, people work hard to pay off mortgages sometimes, and sometimes they might be better off if they didn't pay off their mortgage, but if they kept the money instead invested. And we're going to do a whole show on that 
um, sometime in the next couple of months. Uh, there's a concept, for example, of keep a larger mortgage, and instead of putting the extra money onto your mortgage, take that money and put it into investment instead. Mm-hmm. And you'll be ahead of the game in many, many respects. But that's that's a topic for another day. But think about your net worth in total and not just your bank balances. And um, as another important tip, look at the big picture of your finances. Uh, what happens if something should happen to you? Do you have life insurance? That's part of your net worth. And um, challenge everything that you look at. Take a look at everything that you spend money on and ask yourself, do I really need to spend this much money uh, per month? Uh, are you paying for apps on a computer or on a smartphone that you don't really need? Uh, a lot of people have fancy ringtones on their telephone. Um, I just have the regular standard telephone ring. Mm-hmm. But you pay extra money, and these these dribble money out of your pocket every month. Negotiate everything. You know, We think about negotiating when we go to buy a car, which is always a very difficult experience. You don't ever really understand what you're paying for, could you have gotten a better deal, and so forth. But you're going to try to negotiate. Well, you can actually do that in many cases with appliances. So uh, you can go into Sears Roebuck, for example, and say, I'm going to buy this refrigerator. It's pretty expensive. And um, can you sell this refrigerator for less? Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to ask that question. Sure. My mother taught me that lesson. Yes. My mother always taught me to negotiate everything. And, Absolutely. And it's an important lesson. It really stuck with me. I can remember my father going into the car dealer and paying sticker price for a car. Mm-hmm. Not my mother. She would negotiate and negotiate and negotiate. And then she would say, now what about floor mats? I need floor mats. Can you throw <laughs> those in too? And she just, she taught me to negotiate mm-hmm. and uh, become frugal. Remember that you're not saving money until you put it into a savings account. And then when you have enough money in your savings account, if the interest rate isn't high enough, then put it into something else that will make you more interest. I've, I've told this story, I, I believe, before, but I've seen people that literally have hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars when they go to retire or more. I've seen people with millions who had fairly modest jobs, but what they did is when they first started to work, they put money aside regularly and... Um, if you do it systematically and regularly, at the end of the year, you've got money. You take that money, you invest it in something else. So pay yourself first and save it. But get it into an account. Don't just put it into a piggy bank, <laughs> uh, piggy bank in your closet, for example. Um, make sure you can cut back on some things that you don't really need to spend money on. Um, one good example is... Um, Oreo cookies. Oreo cookies is a really good example. <laughs> you know, I think that must be a national syndrome, Phil. Double stuffed. <laughs> uh, my favorite are the ones with the green mint in them. Oh, I love those. <laughs> uh, and you have to have a little milk. <laughs> but it's even better if you have skim milk because you don't feel as guilty. <laughs> uh, you got to do what you got to do. That's right. <laughs> I'm cutting back on wheat this year, for example. On wheat? Wheat. Really? Yes, I'm trying to give up all bread products. Oh, interesting. And anything to do with wheat. It's a very interesting book. Uh, 
uh, local uh, chiropractor Jim Freitas. Oh, uh, sure. Came I know to Jim our very office well. Yeah. And talked about the wheat addiction that we all have. No kidding. And he recommended a book called Wheat Belly. And it's amazing. It, it has an impact. The wheat that we eat yeah. has an impact not only on our weight, on our sleeping ability, on diabetes, on brain fog, on so many, many things in our lives. Wheat. Wheat. Think about it. The wheat that we eat today is not the wheat that we ate 50 years ago. Now it's processed. Uh, it's treated. It's genetically modified. Right. It doesn't have the same nutritional value. I see. And any wheat product, and we've all heard about cutting back on bread, yeah. any wheat product, for example, is the highest level of carbs that you can put into your body. Now, this is interesting. So um, this past week, for example... Instead of having my noontime sandwich, I had my noontime sandwich fillings without the bread. So I had some meat and some cheese and a hard-boiled egg, and I just put it on the plate, and I ate that without the bread. Now, here's a little hint for you. I gained three, I've lost three pounds this week. Congratulations. That is awesome. Yeah. Wrap that in uh, a lettuce. Yes, that's right. a good idea. Just wrap it in lettuce, in a nice romaine or you know iceberg lettuce. That's your, let's call it your bread. Yep. That's a good suggestion. The other thing you can do, we're switching from finances to diet, but this is an important subject. The other thing you can do is uh, you've seen the, the Syrian wraps, the, yeah, the flatbread wraps. Sure. Uh, that typically has less carbs. Oh, yeah. And you can even get a gluten-free wrap that does not contain any wheat, and it tastes just the same. Of course. And so you can try that. I've done that as well. Yeah. I wasn't aware of the wheat uh, issue. Very interesting. Yep. So mm -hmm. Read that book, Wheat, wheat uh, Belly. Mm -hmm. um, in any event, um, cut back on some things that you can cut back on. Sell your old stuff on Craigslist. Uh, we all have too many things that we've bought over the years. Get rid of it. Uh, when we talk about doing financial planning at the beginning of the year, it's a good time to think about taking control of your life in so many other ways. Get rid of some of the stuff in your life. Things that you don't need, things you don't use. Buy secondhand stuff. Uh, you can get some really good values in buying a used car. You don't have to buy a, news a new car all the time. Mm -hmm. And um, figure out your limits. Um, credit cards are one of the most notorious things that you can really get money sucked out of your budget. Sure. The uh, interest on the credit cards, if you pay the minimum balance, it'll take you 17 years uh, to pay off your credit card. Wow. Uh, which is really tough to do. Yes. Um, use coupons. Um, I know people that have done extreme couponing and then have gotten away from it, and that can take control of your life as well. But um, I go to BJ's and buy supplies. I try to look for the BJ's coupons that comes to my office. Yeah. And I'll, I'll use as many of the coupons as I can. Mm -hmm. And when I'm buying office supplies, I'll save 10 to $20. Well, that money adds up if you do that once a month. You bet. You know, it's a few hundred dollars a year that you will spend mm -hmm. if you don't use the coupons. If you're thinking about buying something, uh, certainly in this day and age, check it out on the computer. I mean, today you can Google anything. You can do it right from your smartphone while you're in the store and see if that product is cheaper someplace else. Mm -hmm. You can then use that to negotiate. Remember that negotiate word? That's it. You can say, well, look, this product is so much dollars here, but I'm looking at it on my smartphone and I can buy it down the street for this much less. Right. 
can you match the price? Mm-hmm. Most of the time, they're going to do that for you. So be smart about how you're uh, spending money. And most importantly, set realistic goals for yourself. Sure. But gosh, this is the time to get serious. It's a, the beginning of the year is always a time of new beginnings. Mm-hmm. I'm a very optimistic thinker by nature, and that's my personality. But I like to look at it as a time of year when you can say, what can I do this year to improve my financial position? Mm-hmm. Number one, write it down. Number two, create a budget. Number three, pay yourself first. And then look at everything else where you spend money and see where you can cut back or save more. We have so many things in our office, Phil, that we can provide people. If you give us a call, we don't charge to have folks come in for an initial consultation. And we're happy to uh, provide any of our social security information, our tax forms. We'll send you a free budget form if you want. And do something to get started. And we'll be right there, mm-hmm. right behind you, cheering all the way. You bet. Uh, the only thing that we want to see is we want to see everybody improve their financial life. So thank you so much for listening, ladies and gentlemen. Have a wonderful new year. Have yes. a healthy new year, most Amen. importantly. You bet. Spend more time with your family and do something to improve your finances, and we'll help you. We'll see you again next week on the radio.